the MGM Theater of the Air. Our stars this week, Frederick March and Florence Eldridge. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Vice President of Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer and celebrated writer of many Broadway and Hollywood musical hits, Mr. Howard Dietz. Thank you. The full hour play you are about to hear on the MGM Theater of the Air is The Citadel. It is the dramatization of the successful Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer movie, which was based on the well-known novel by A.J. Cronin. Our stars this week are the prominent and talented couple of the stage and screen, Frederick March and Florence Eldridge. In just a moment now, the MGM Theater of the Air will present Frederick March and Florence Eldridge in The Citadel. The mining country of southern Wales is dismal, even when the sun is shining. Black dust from the pitheads has cast a permanent blight on the land and the lives upon it. The eternal wretchedness of row on row of company houses, stretching from the main roads to the Dewar Hills, pervades everything. Yes, even when the sun is shining, the cold town of Blynacklin is a dreary place. It was at its worst that rain-swept evening when Dr. Andrew Manson stood in the doorway of Dr. Page's cottage and rang the bell. Well, well, this must be Dr. Manson, the new assistant. Come in, my dear, come in. I'm doctor's wife, Mrs. Page. How do you do? Take off your things. Hang them there on the hall tree. A man can catch his death this weather. Yes, yes, of course. I am pleased to see you. I've yeah. been out of my mind nearly since that last awful fellow left us. Yeah. Come along before you're a minute older and have supper. Is uh, Dr. Page on a call? Oughtn't we to wait? I don't know if I mentioned it in my letter, but the fact is, Doctor hasn't been too well lately. Oh. He's took to his bed these past weeks, but he'll soon be all right. Make no mistakes about that. I see. This is the uh, first job like this I've had. Assistant to a company doctor and all that. But I, I'm not afraid of work. There, now. I knew we'd be lucky with our next one. Here we are. Sit you down now. Supper's ready. Thank you. For what we are about to receive, make us truly grateful. I guess you were glad to land this job. Yes, I was. It, it isn't easy for a doctor to get placed. By the way, another call from number seven glitter place. Came in the back of five o'clock. Mm -hmm. No hurry now. Oh, but there, I forgot. This will be your first case in Blindeckland, and you're anxious to get started. Well, higgy-da, here's to us. Thought I'd look in to welcome you. I'm Denny, assistant of the esteemed Dr. Nichols, L.S.A. How do you do? <laughs> you, you won't mind, will you, Denny, if I go on mixing this prescription? Follow on Glitter Place. He's calling for it shortly. Mm, splendid. You've begun the good work already, huh? Mm -hmm. One tablespoonful every three hours. It's reassuring to meet the dear old mumbo jummery. Mm -hmm. Look here, Manson, I realize you're just passing through on your way to London and Harley Sea, but in the meantime, there are one or two things you ought to know. There's no hospital, no ambulance, no x-rays, no anything. If you want to operate, use the kitchen table. Page, your boss, was a good old doctor three years ago, but he'll... Uh, He'll never do a hand's turn again. Okay. And Nichols, my owner, is a tight little money-chasing midwife. As for myself, uh, I'd better anticipate the gay tidings. I drink like a fish. 
Now, I think that's about all. Oh, uh, oh by the way, uh, I should look out for typhoid in Glitter Place, if I were you. Some of these cases aren't exactly typical. Typhoid. Typhoid, of course. What a fool I've been. Well, Manson, killed anybody yet? You were right, Denny. It is typhoid. An epidemic. I ought to be shot for not recognizing it. I, uh, I rang the district M.O. and couldn't get a word out of him. I, I've come to ask your advice. Mm, take a chair, have a drink. Oh, I, I'd rather... Not. No, I thought you wouldn't. Ah. Take a look at that. The latest microscope. Must have cost a fortune. Mm, had to give up drinking for six months to pay for it. I recognize what's in the slide on the stage there. Typhoid bacillus. And very clumsily done, of course. Practically botched, in fact... I'm no slide maker. If anything, I'm a surgeon. Those germs come from the well in Glitter Place. It's the main sewer. Leaks like the devil. Seeps into half the wells on that end of town. Does Griffiths know that? He's a lazy, evasive, incompetent swine. Afraid to ask the district council for a new sewer in case they should dock his wretched wages to pay for it. There's only one way to make them build a new sewer. Oh. Blow the old one. Oh, you're mad. The police would be down no, on you. No, you needn't come in with me if you don't want to. Well, there's one thing I'm sure of. From now on, every drop of water in Glitter Place is going to be boiled. Couldn't you arrange to have Griffiths in it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Before you slam on out of here, I suppose you've heard there's measles cropping up in that area, too. Now, children, we'll go straight on to our sums in three columns and pay absolutely no attention to Idris. There's a very good reason why she has to sit over there by herself. Now then, copy what I'm writing on the blackboard. Are, uh, are you Miss Barlow? Yes. Oh, aren't you Dr. Page's new assistant? That's hardly the point, though. I, I am, Dr. Manson. You have a contact here, Idris Howells. You know her brother has the measles. Yes, I know. And don't you realize it's quite against the rules to have her here? Well, Mrs. Howells was at her wit's end. And most of the children here have had the measles. Those that haven't are sure to get it sooner or later. And if Idris had stopped off from school, she'd have missed her milk, which is doing her a lot of good. It isn't a question of milk, Miss Barlow. She ought to be isolated. Well, I have her isolated in a kind of way. If you don't believe me, look for yourself back there. A separate stool in the back of the room may be your idea of isolation. I'm afraid it isn't mine. Send the child home at once. Doesn't it occur to you that I'm mistress of this class? You may be able to order people about in more exalted spheres, but here it happens to be my word that counts. You're breaking the law. If you keep her here, I'll have to report you. Well, then you better report me or have me arrested. No doubt it will give you immense satisfaction. There's nothing more, is there? Stand up, children, and say good morning, Dr. Manson. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Stop that foolish knocking. Denny. Denny, do you, uh, you still want to blow up that sewer? Uh, I thought you'd be around long for this. Uh, what did it? Joe Morgan's baby was stillborn. I did the hot water, cold water job. The baby came to life. For what? There was a wake in the house next door. Typhoid. Mm. Have a drink. You need it. Thank you. Where do we get the... 
gunpowder or the dynamite? I already have it. Six parts nitro to two parts glycerin. Shook it up myself. Cheerio. Cheers. Denny, Denny, my son. Do I look as strange as I feel? Ah. <laughs> the manhole. Yeah. Doctor, you will assist at this operation. But of course. Mm. Yes. Thank you, Doctor. Crowbar, please. Your crowbar, Doctor. Thank you, Doctor. That, that's not loud enough. Shh. Mm. Now, ready, Doctor? He. Oh. Mother knit me a gas mask. Pretty, isn't it, eh? Look at those cracks. Take a last look. Got mm. a match, Manson? Match? Oh, yes, of course. Good man. Quickly now. The current and the sewer will carry them along, away from here. Oh, so that's why the cork floats. Precisely. Can't have our fuses snuffled out, you know. Yeah. Now, that's the last. Roll back the cover. All right. Uh, uh, let's get away from here. Hmm. Well, well. A crowded surgery this morning. Who's first? Good morning, Doctor. Oh, uh... Are you, are you first, Miss Barlow? I believe I am. Uh-huh. Uh, in, in here, please. I have a sore throat. Sore throat. Open, uh, open your mouth, please. Say, ah. Ah. Oh. <coughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, again, please. Ah. Mm-hmm. Now the chest. Just cough, please. <coughs> again, please. <coughs> Lungs are absolutely clear. I'll, uh... I'll give you a goggle every three hours. Thank you. Oh, uh, Miss Barlow. Yes? Uh, for several days, I've, I've wanted to come around and uh, apologize for my rudeness. Perhaps, perhaps you were right. The, uh, the children here do need milk badly. But I'm afraid you were right. Idris is out of school with the measles. Oh, I heard what you did with the Morgan baby. When I arrived here, Miss Barlow, I, I believe that the practice of medicine was bounded on the north by ethics and on the south by textbooks. I've learned differently, thanks to you. And Philip Denny. Do you know Denny? He didn't tell me. He did me. Well, what did he, uh... About a certain sewer? Oh? I think it's just fine. Uh, the extra employment these days, don't you, for the <laughs> men who dig sewers hereabouts? Yes, yes, I do. Perhaps uh, sometime you will go to the cinema with me. And, and Denny, hmm? Or bicycling. Do you have a bicycle? Oh, yes. I have a bicycle. Hmm? Try asking me. Dr. Manson. You're a bloody fool, Dr. Manson. After all, the children will get the measles sooner or later. And milk is very important. Dr. Manson? Dr. Manson, I want you. Yes, Mrs. Page. Are you deaf? Didn't you hear me say I wanted you? What is it, Mrs. Page? Maybe you'll be kind enough to explain this. Joe Morgan's check. Cancelled, too. Where did you get this? You'd better tell me quick how you come to bank that money for yourself when it's Dr. Page's money and you know it. Dr. Page got his fee. 
Joe Morgan made me a present of that five pounds for saving his baby. What right have you got taking presents from Dr. Page's patients? Any money comes in belongs to him. A thief, that's what you are, a dirty common thief. Mrs. Page, you've made a charge against me. Unless you take it back and apologize, I'll sue you for defamation of character. I'm waiting, Mrs. Page. All right. I'll take it back. I apologize. And there are a few other things I want to tell you. You make 1,500 pounds a year because of the work I do for you. Out of this, you pay me a miserable 250, and in addition, do your best to starve me. You're a mean, guzzling, mercenary witch. In fact, you're a pathological case. I give you notice here and now. <laughs> Dr. Right here, sir. Right here, sir. I'm uh, Dr. Llewellyn. Will you come this way, please? Certainly. Make yourself at ease, Doctor. I'm Owen, secretary to the Aberlau Medical Society. Under our scheme, the workers in Aberlau and the surrounding mines pay over a certain amount of their wages to the society every week. Out of that, we provide the necessary medical services. I'm head physician and surgeon with four assistant doctors. The workers choose which doctor's list they prefer to be on. You get paid so much per head for every miner's card in your file. I see. Altogether, we find it a good scheme. Now then, this doctor is the miner's committee. Gentlemen, have you any questions? Why did you leave Blalachlan? I was dissatisfied with my wages, working conditions, and lack of medical facilities. Been looking for a job ever since? That's right. But this is the kind of job I've been looking for. I'm interested in mine conditions. Yes, speak Welsh, Doctor? No, no, I was brought up on the Gaelic. Huh, a lot of good that would be here. I've always found it useful for swearing at my patients. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Manson. Doctor, we've all been struck exceedingly by two testimonials. One from a Dr. Denny who has an MS, a very high degree. The other, enclosed with his, is signed by Dr. Page, whose assistant you were... They refer to your good self in very genuine terms. There is just one more possible difficulty, Doctor. The men prefer a married doctor when it comes to attending their families. And there's a house, Vale View, and a good house, too, that goes with the position. It wouldn't be suitable for a single man. As a matter of fact, gentlemen, I, I'm uh, engaged to someone in uh, Blynachtland. I've, I've just been waiting on a suitable appointment to get married. That's settled, then. <laughs> I'm sure the committee wishes you and the Mrs. Manson-to-be every success in your new appointment. Chris! Oh, Chris! Uh, can, can you stop a moment? Andrew, of all people, where have you been? I, uh, I was over in Avalor yesterday. What were you doing there? Oh, Chris, they, they have everything there a doctor needs. Hospitals, x-ray equipment, the fluoroscope. But Chris, the, the miners' committee offered me one of the resident posts. Oh, how nice. Yeah, I, I turned it down, though. There was a little complication. Oh, yes? What was it? Oh, it was a matter of a, of a house. <laughs> you see, the, the job requires a, a married man. Oh, that's too bad. Hmm. I say, Chris, uh, have you ever thought of marrying? Naturally. Yeah. You ever thought of uh, marrying me? <laughs> Andrew Manson, is this a proposal of marriage or a deep-dyed plan to get a job? You know I'm in love with you, Chris. Well, you'd better rush over to Abelau first thing tomorrow and tell them that you'll take that job. <laughs> 
Here it is, Chris. Our new home. Well, it's, it's nice, isn't it? Huh? <laughs> Do you ever see so many turrets on one little house? <laughs> no wonder they wanted a married man. Let's go in. <laughs> Say, Chris, what's that? A wedding present from Denny. Probably an old boot inside. That's Denny's idea of humor. Open it. Go on. Chris. Chris, it's the microscope. Denny's microscope. That wonderful, wonderful... Wait a minute. Wait, he's, he's written something. I don't really need this. I told you I was a sawbones. Thanks to your example, I am shaking the dust of Blinaclin from my feet, too, and getting back to real surgery. Good luck. Bless him. How can we miss now? How can we miss? <laughs> You will hear what happens to Dr. Manson and his bride in just a moment. There was one basic difference between Blinaclin and Abrilau, which was very apparent to both Andrew and Chris. Abrilau was the larger. Everything else seemed to follow from that. A better living, more patience, harder work, and more coal dust. It was the coal dust Andrew had in mind when he questioned his pharmacist helper Gadge one morning in his new surgery, which proudly displayed the sign, Aberallow Medical Society, West Division, Andrew Manson, M.D. Gadge, come here a minute, will you? Yes, doctor. Gadge, are most of the men like Lewis? How do you mean, sir? Me tubes, bit of a cough-like, short of breath I am. <coughs> most of the men from old Tom, Pendinus and Adam West sinkings. They're anthracite, aren't they? Aye, sir. Have Lewis admitted to a hospital, Gadge. He's out in the waiting room. What for, sir? Apical pneumonia and observation. I want a sample of his sputum right away. Dr. Leslie always gave them the pink medicine and sent them back to work. <clears throat> the men seem to like that, Doctor. Pink medicine for this sort of thing? It'll be hard on his family, sir, with him in the hospital. I give him a certificate. But there's no compensation for this, sir. No compensation? No, sir. Only for illness or accident directly attributed to the work in the mines, But doctor. this is caused directly by their work, Gadge. It's the dust man. The coal dust they breathe day in and day out. If ever there was an industrial disease... It's it... not on the company list, Dr. Manson. Lewis goes into the hospital at once. Who's next? Yes, sir. Next. Certificate. What for? Stagmus. The name is Chinkin. Ben Chinkin. Oh, yes, yes, I remember. From the committee. Can keep my eyes still. That's Stagmus, all right, isn't it? Well, it might be. It might be a lot of other things, too. Take your shirt off. What for? I want to examine you. I don't need no examining. Ain't been examined for seven years. Well, don't you think it's time you were? Huh? Well, all right. Good man. All right, now we'll, uh, we'll listen to your chest first. Cough, please. <coughs> Again, please. <coughs> Very well. What's this to do with stagnation? Say, ah. Ah. Uh -huh. Now let me see your eyes. What for? All right, get dressed. Uh, don't you let us have the certificate? Here you are. Next, please. Hey, what's the meaning of this? Oh, can't you understand it? I'll read it to you. 
This is to certify that Ben Chenkin is suffering from the effects of overindulgence in malt liquors, but is perfectly fit for work. Stagmus! Fifteen years, got Stagmus! Well, you haven't got it now. For the last time, are you going to give a Stagmus certificate? No, I'm not. Uh, I'll have my card. There's other doctors that'll give me a certificate if you won't. Give him his card, will you, Gadge? Yes, sir. Here, Chenkin. We'll see about this. I'd go easy, Doctor. Chenkin's a big man on the committee. Yeah, I know that. Where's that? One moment. Adams West, number three shot. That's trouble. We'd better hurry. Doctor. All right, Gadge. I'm with you. Let us through. It's the doctor. Let us through here. Mr. Owen, here's the doctor. Oh, yes. Dr. Manson, it's a nasty business. Nobody killed down there, but one of our lads is pinned by his arm. We can't shift him an inch, and the roof's rotten. Have to go any minute. You'll have to hurry. Very well, Owen. We're ready. Lower away. We far to go? About a hundred yards from the shaft, Doctor. I see. This way. Just follow the lad with the lamp. Mighty easy to get lost in the diggings. Right. Stay close to the wall. If you step off the ledge, they'll never find you. I, I don't doubt that. Gadge, Gadge, be careful with that bag. Yes, sir. Doing the best, sir. Here he is, Doctor. Looks like you're going to have some ambulance practice on Bevan here and proper. Be quick, Doctor, if you want us to get out of here. His arm's pinned. Very well. Gadge. Yes, sir. Chloroform. Oh, bottle's smashed, Doctor. All right. Let me have a tourniquet. Aye, sir. Bevan, shut your eyes. <laughs> Steady, steady with the stretcher. Wrap the blankets around him. Take him to the hospital. Hey, Doctor. All right, Gadge. That's all we can do here. Oh, Andrew. Here darling. Here, what's wrong? They told us the roof was down, that you wouldn't, that you wouldn't come out. Easy, Chris, easy. We're all out, except Sam Bevan's arm. It's all right, Chris. It's all right. <laughs> Matron said I'd find you here in the office. Did you, uh, did you have a look at Lewis, my chest case? Nothing to worry about. Right as rain in a day or so. I, I had half a dozen similar chests this morning, but not so far advanced. They aren't the ordinary colds or coughs. And I, I've a notion to make a study of the effects of mine dust on the lungs. Mm, maybe something in that. Oh, oh I see. Well, shall we, shall we get along, see my patients? You needn't bother, Manson. I'll look after them. You see, all hospital cases come onto my list. You can't have your assistants clattering about the wards in your hobnail boots. Darling, Andrew. Hello, Chris. Lobster, lobster for supper. The only one in Avalon. Oh, that's fine, dear. I knew you'd like it. Andrew, is Bevan all right? I suppose so. Then what is it, darling? You're upset. Oh, it's nothing. Something went wrong at the hospital. No, no, nothing wrong. 
Chris, it, it isn't the Avalor Hospital. It's Llewellyn's Hospital. I'm positive there's a genuine chance for research work here. But it takes observation, study, lab work, charting, and scientific recording. Nobody uses the hospital here except Llewellyn. Andrew, you once said that all a doctor needed for research was a microscope, a notebook, and a room with a roof over it. Come with me, dear. Hmm? You see? Nothing in here except an old packing case and a microscope. But there's a roof, and we can afford to buy a notebook. We? Oui. Yes, dear. Don't you think an ex-school teacher ought to make a fair laboratory assistant? Next slide, Chris. Right. Case, Newman, sample, sputum. Here. Here. Here it is again. It's the same, Chris. Look, it's the same. Let me see. See? See the TB cells? Those narrow, straight rods? TB bacillus. And the particles of silica? That crystalline silicon is only present in anthracite. The soft coal men never have it. Do you think we're getting somewhere? Well, we're getting to the point where we can publish, I think. I wonder if I dare. Why not? We've got controls. The men from the soft coal pits. The results on the menagerie here are good, too. Guinea pigs with tuberculosis. Yes, and those exposed to the soft coal specimens never get it. I wonder if we dare. A paper in the medical journal now might start a few other men on this subject. I'll go. Hello, Mr. Owen. Good evening, sir. Come in. Thank you. I just stopped by the hospital, doctor. Sam Bevan's arm is doing fine. Two weeks now and not a trace of infection. I'm glad of that. Sit down, won't you? Oh, thank you. I, uh, I'm glad to have the opportunity of talking to you, doctor. Don't be downhearted if you're having a bit of setback to begin with, like... They're a little stiff, the folks here, but they're all right at heart. They don't get much out of life. It's our job to try to make things better for them. You know, I, I think I've already stumbled on something along that line. You have now? A lot of the men have diseases of the lungs. And I have a hunch it's caused by the dust in the mines, the anthracite mines. But they've worked in the dust for years. I'm not sure yet. But I think the worst thing is a chemical reaction on the lungs from the silica in the coal. I've gone over all the medical literature on the subject, and there's no mention of any such industrial disease. And when the men are laid up or develop tuberculosis, they don't get a penny of compensation. My goodness, doctor, you're really talking. I never heard anything so important for a long time. Well, Gadge, how's business today? Not very good. So? Mrs. Evans was just here. She took her husband's card. But why? His knee is doing fine. She was the twelfth today. Not many left, are there? No, sir. I wish I understood it. Ben Jenkins always been trying to stir up trouble because he refused his certificate. The men grumble about examinations and no pink medicine. And Jenkins been going from house to house talking about your guinea pig experiment. But I'm trying to help them. Can't they understand that? Medicine won't do any good unless I know what's really wrong. I'm, I'm going to find out, Gadge. And they can't stop me. I hope they can't, sir. Andrew. Oh, Andrew. Chris, what's wrong? We, we had some visitors today just now. Who? A deputation from the committee. Ben Chenkin was there, his son, a man named Davies. What did they want? They asked for you. I told them you were out. They came in anyway. They said it was the committee's house and they could come in any time they wanted to. I managed to ask them why they demanded entrance. They said it had come to the ears of the committee that you were performing experiments on animals. Vivisection, they dared call it. And so they'd come to look at your workroom, 
and brought Mr. Davies, the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals man, along with them. Go on, dear. I tried to stop them, Andrew. I tried. But they pushed past me through the hall into our lab. Jenkins saw the stain on the board where I dropped the fusee in that time, and he let out a roar. Ever look at that blood. He shoved all those little animals in a bag. I tried to talk to them, Andrew, but they wouldn't listen. They took those little animals and they went away. Never mind, dear. Now, never mind. <laughs> I never heard such rank impertinence in all my life. And you had to put up with it. I'll make them pay for it. I'll get Owen out to, to, to call the committee into session. I'm afraid that's already been done, Andrew. What? By whom? Some of the men. Owen stopped by to leave word for you. The meeting's called for tomorrow. And you are to be there. And you all know what he's been up to. He don't give medicine. All he gives is examinations. He don't give proper certificates to the men who ain't fit for work. He handles dumb animals with cruelty. And I know you're with me one and all. When I say here and now, we demand Dr. Manson's resignation. Perhaps you'll allow Dr. Manson to state his case? Gentlemen, I believe you are prejudiced enough to think I would like to fight you. Maybe you still think I've been wasting my time in a lot of foolish experiments. Schenken drowned the animals I was using in my work. That was cruelty, if you like, useless cruelty. Why do you men take white mice and canaries down the mines to test for black damp? And when those mice get a whiff of the gas, do you call that cruelty? No, you don't. You realize that those animals have saved men's lives, and that's what I've been trying to do for you. I've spent every minute of my spare time on this inhalation problem to try to find out something which might improve your working conditions, give you a fairer deal, keep you in health. What if I did use a dozen guinea pigs? Don't you think it was worth it? Vote! Vote! Let's have a vote! Very well. Those in favor of demanding Dr. Manson's resignation say aye. Aye. Contrary-minded? I'm glad to tell you, Dr. Manson, that the committee by a majority has asked you to remain. Thank you, Mr. Owen. I'm glad that the committee doesn't wish me to go. But I'm sorry. I can't wait on in Avalon any longer. I give the committee notice from today. Good riddance. Shut your senseless mouth, Penchenkin. We've lost the best man we ever had. We'll continue with the story of Dr. Andrew Manson in just a moment. MGM Theater of the Air, starring Frederick March and Florence Eldridge in The Citadel. (laughs) 
Andrew and Christine Manson left Aberallow and all of Wales far behind. They exchanged the coal dust of the mining country for the fog of London. Reaching the teeming city, Andrew's first thought was, This is where we belong. And Christine told herself, In a few months, they'll all know the name of Dr. Andrew Manson. A few months later, Andrew sat in his office next door to Schmidt's delicatessen and waited as he had waited that day and the day before and the days before that. Hello, darling. How did it go today? <sighs> Yesterday, I lanced a boil and vaccinated a baby. The day before, I painted a sore throat, cured an ingrowing toenail. And today, I treated three girls from Laurier's dress shop for chapped hands. Is this what I starved and sweated and borrowed money to study medicine for? Patience, darling, patience. I'd like a lot of them, rich ones. <laughs> We'd better have a few soon. In the last four weeks, we've taken exactly four pounds ten, including this morning's seven and six, for piercing madam's ears for earrings. Seven and six? Six mm. exorbitant for piercing ears, my good man. <laughs> but now we can pay something on our bill at Mrs. Schmidt's and order another apple strudel without a qualm. Hello, Doctor. And the Mrs. Doctor. Good day, Mrs. Schmidt. Two sandwiches, please. The specials. But of course. Clara, from the icebox, the special liverwurst and the corned beef. She will bring it right in, my Clara. She's getting to be a big girl, isn't she? Yes, they all do. They grow up. You will see someday. Only they should stay healthy. Amen to that. Oh, oh you fixed the patient I sent to you for the earrings? Oh, it was very easy, and thanks for thinking of me. Oh, we'll send you lots of patients. You just wait. And now I get the sandwiches. Uh, Clara, Clara. I, uh, I don't know how I'll pay you back unless I, uh, I put all my patients on a diet of pumpernickel and pickles. <laughs> She's such a nice person. Yeah, not much fun for a youngish woman, a growing girl and her husband dead in this neighborhood. People are nice, Andrew, when they're themselves. That's Amanda, when they're allowed to be themselves. <laughs> Amendment accepted. Gosh, I wish they'd hurry with the food. I could doctor, eat... Doctor, doctor, I told you lots of patients. At your door, a girl from Laurier's. Someone there is sick quickly. You go oh, with her. Chris, I, I, I don't... You go on, do you heard, Mrs. Schmidt? Patients, lots of them. That's more like it. I want to go home. I'm sorry. It was the only way, and it worked. It worked. Take me home. Now, that's hardly necessary. I want you to take me home, Doctor. Very well, since you insist. Well, this is better. Oh, look at me. I do look foul. I'll get that filthy little Laurier girl set. <laughs> I gave them something to think about, didn't I? I simply went wild. Well, go on, Doctor. Laugh. It was priceless. It wasn't at all funny. It was a very bad case of willful hysteria. I'd advise you to take yourself seriously in hand. Go straight to bed and call your own doctor. Well, why won't you look after me? I hate my doctor. He's always telling me not to drink or smoke or anything. I'm afraid I should give you exactly the same advice. I mightn't mind it as much from you. Uh, <clears throat> might I give you a bit of advice? If you wish. 
Are you anxious to make a success as a doctor? Naturally. Then go and see a good tailor. I don't... I don't see how that would help. Goodbye. <laughs> Where does one reach you, Dr. Manson? I'm in the phone book. Don't give up your line of treatment, Doctor, on any account. I foresee a crashing success. Goodbye. Women. Women like that. Oh, I beg your pardon, uh, sir. Freddy! Freddy Parker! A scruffy Manson of all people. What are you doing in London? I've bought a practice. Have you by <laughs> Jove? Well, must be a good one if it brings you here. In this lair of the filthy wealthy. Nothing so grand. But why on earth haven't you called me? You knew I'd want to see you after all those years together at Edinburgh. Well, I... I... Uh, who, who's your patient? In these flats, I mean. I don't know. Miss Leroy, I believe. Oh. Oh, that's good. You always were a queer one. A great professional man, Andrew. Indifference. A Miss Leroy, I believe. And she's only the richest girl in London. Well, Chris, well? Well, what? Well, now that you've met them, Freddie and Mr. Ivory, the surgeon, all of them, what do you think? Oh, they're all perfect gentlemen. What bedside manners. Haven't they, though? Ivory in his Harley Street clothes. I'll bet he operates in a frock coat. Oh, white tie and tails in the evening. I'd like to see him or Freddie operate on a kitchen table in Blinaclin or amputating a mine with the roof falling down. I wouldn't. Chris, they think I'm just a small-town doctor. You're a good doctor. I'm sick of having men like that look down on me as if I were a poor relation. I'm going to beat these smoothies at their own game. You just wait. Good ball, old man. Very good indeed. Your shot, Andrew. What? Oh, oh, yes. Good shot, Andrew. Where's yours, Ivory? A few yards farther along. Uh, it's a marvelous game, golf. Absolute privacy. Oh, by the way, Andrew, I'm sending a senile old Mrs. Lane along to you tomorrow. Told her she should see a good lung man. Have a look at her. I will indeed. Oh, and I say, you chaps, I ordered one of those new iridium lamps today. Something around 80 pounds. Hmm. That ought to pay for his keep. Did, uh, did you see Abby's paper in the journal on bogus heliotherapy? Those iridiums have absolutely no infrared content. <laughs> They've got a lot of three-guinea content. <laughs> Besides, they give a marvelous suntan. Yeah, that's true, but honestly, Parker, you'll find nothing beats the good old hypo when it comes to fees. Whenever a patient sees you begin the swapping and sterilizing that comes with injections, she thinks instinctively, heavens, this is going to mean money. <laughs> <laughs> You'll notice, Andrew, how Ivory's passing of the good word patient is usually feminine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Four. Dr. Andrew, why can't you come to dinner? Absolutely nothing on your pad but someone named Stillman. Mr. Richard Stillman. Good Lord, I'd forgotten the American lung specialist. And a mister. He's not even a doctor. Uh, that's, that's nothing to do with it. He's, he's developed the most successful TB clinic in the world. Now, now you run along, and I'll, I'll try to see you tonight. Go on, now. Well, some stuffy American's more important than I am. Goodbye, Dr. Andrew. Goodbye, Miss Leroy. Mr. Stillman, won't you come in? Uh, Dr. Manson. I've been promising myself this pleasure for a long time. I, uh, 
Hardly expected to find you in Harley Street. Well, we, we never know where we'll end up, do we? Sit down, please. Thank you. It's an honor to have you here. What can I do for you? Not a thing. I called to tell you how much I appreciated your paper on dust inhalation and silicosis and its effect on the lungs. That is nice of you. It's too bad that one who showed such original promise in that work couldn't go on with it. Yes, yes, I suppose so. But Doctors must live, you know. <laughs> what, uh, what brings you to England? Your Sir Herbert Cranston, the man who makes those wonderful little automobiles, has built me a small clinic in the country outside London. Oh. Yes, we cured him of asthma at our place in Oregon. He seems to think England can use our methods. Well, that's splendid. But watch out for the medical council. I don't think they'll bother me. Oh, pardon me a moment. Yes, of course. Yes? Oh, well, ask uh, Lady Farnham to wait a few moments, nurse. And uh, tell Mrs. Partington Smith that I'll be glad to see her tomorrow, and we won't charge her for today. Hey, you're busy. I'd better be off. I'd like a real talk with you sometime. I'm awfully sorry. I, I'm always swamped during consultation hours. Yes. Come out and see our place sometime. I'll show you our apparatus. Mm -hmm. Well, goodbye. Thank you, sir. And goodbye. Just had the hand of the doorbell and the door opens. By magic, no doubt. Denny! Manson and Chris! Oh, Denny. <laughs> Come in. Come in. Where have you been? Doing 16 operations a day in the slums of Leeds. Huh? Chris! Let me look at you. Ah, oh, prettier than ever. Get along with you and me, a married woman. Mm, this is a very grand place. I'm sure I haven't made a mistake. This uh, well-dressed gentleman is Dr. Manson. It is, indeed. And for you, he prescribes a drink. I'm sorry, I'm a lemon squash man. Now, I've found that real surgery and alcohol don't mix. Say, you know, we've a new car, Denny. We're just going to try it. Come along, won't and you? And you know where? To Mrs. Schmidt. Yes. Oh, Denny will love those special sandwiches. Special sandwiches? You motor car? Hmm. You don't sound like the bloke what blew up a sewer with me. Mrs. Schmidt? Oh, hello, Mrs. Schmidt. Mrs. Manson and the doctor. How are you? It has been such a long time. This is our special friend, Dr. Denny, and we want him to have one of your specials. <laughs> but of course, sit down, be comfortable. Denny, this place has the best chicken, paprika, in all England. Come on, we'll fix our own hors d'oeuvres. Fix them yourself, my fine fellow. I'm staying here to talk with all this youth and beauty. <laughs> Philip, Denny, you haven't changed one little bit. Oh, Doctor, we are so proud of your success. Everyone in the neighborhood... When you first came here, we knew you would get ahead. Well, that's funny. I didn't. <laughs> Where's Clara? Oh, Clara is in Victoria Hospital. Some trouble with her chest. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't like for my Clara to go in a ward with all those others. But we cannot afford a nursing home. Well, Victoria's a good place. Who's looking after her? A Dr. Thoroughgood. Oh, an excellent man. Of course, Doctor, when Clara got sick... We didn't like to come to you because we know how busy you are and everything. Look, but... look, my favorite lip tower. Remember? Yes, of course I remember. Oh, Chris! Chris uh, don't worry, don't worry, Mrs. Schmidt. Uh, Clara will be all right, I'm sure. You've, you've got a good doctor. Oh, Chris, our favorite lip tower. Taste this, Denny. Will you listen now? Of course I'll listen, old man. Sound off. 
Well, I don't know how you find it, but I'm so sick of the antiquated, crooked methods of most of our honored colleagues, I could howl. All right, my lad, all right. How are you going to cure all the wrongs of medical practice? By starting a clinic, a genuine team of doctors, all specialists. I'm the surgeon. Where's the money coming from? We're all chipping in what we have. Now, we start with groups of people, a small fee each month, enough to live on. When they get sick, we furnish everything. The medical council will fight it? As cut-rate medicine. Of course they will. The other doctors will try to lynch us, but we'll lick them. For once in this country, the patient is going to come before the doctor, and that's a complete revolution in our medical system. Oh, it sounds grand. It is grand. Andrew, we need you for chest but work. But look, Denny, I've got a grand practice. I, I can't just throw it away. Won't you even consider? How can I? Will there be anything else? Uh, chicken paprika. Uh, something to drink? Yes. By Harry, can you get me a bottle of whiskey? I think a picnic was a wonderful idea, Chris. Do you? Mm-hmm. Andrew, yesterday, Denny said you used to look on medicine as an attack on the unknown, an assault uphill... As though you had to take some citadel you couldn't see. That's all very well for Denny, but I, I have a practice to think of, one that's making us rich. But do we want to be rich? I don't like your new ideas about medicine. And I don't like your not being the Andrew Manson I married. So, there you are. The prosperous Dr. Manson. Denny, were you waiting for us? Denny, you've been drinking. Ah. I've been waiting to tell you something I couldn't quite say. Sober. At Blind Acklin, you had hope in your eyes and courage in your heart. I gave you a microscope, I believe. Not just to make you a gift, but because it stood for the things you believed in. There will always be mean souls in this world... It hurts more deeply than you will ever know when a friend increases their number. Goodbye. Oh, he left the window open again. Would you like some tea? No, thanks. What, what's that confounded racket down there? There's been an accident. Andrew! Andrew! It looks like Denny. Can't, can't you go a little faster, Ivory? If we can stop this internal bleeding, his other injuries aren't serious. Clamp, please. Swab, I wish you could hurry. His pulse is very low. What about a transfusion? You can't stop at this stage for that. Swab, please. Nurse, adrenaline hypo. Quick. I'm sorry, Manson. These accident cases are always difficult. Cigarette? Uh, has he been your patient long? Stop talking, can't you? You know you killed him. You're not a surgeon. You never were. I don't recommend that line of talk, Of course Manson. you don't. It's the truth. There was nothing difficult about this, but you dallied along with incompetence. You let him die. Pull yourself together, you fool. You'll be hurt. What if I am? You know it's the truth as well as I do. That wasn't surgery. It was murder.
What happened? Is he... Then he's gone. He was butchered. Ivory killed him. Oh. Andrew, where are you going? I don't know. Dr. Manson? Dr. Manson, why are you standing on Waterloo Bridge, Dr. Manson? Were you thinking of jumping, Dr. Manson? That's very negative, you know. Then he said, like an assault uphill to take a sort of citadel you couldn't see. A citadel, Andrew. A citadel you couldn't see. Go back to being a doctor, Dr. Manson. That title meant something to you once, you know, back in the days when we blew up that sewer. Mrs. Schmidt, what hospital did you say Clara was in? Victoria, doctor. Come with me. This is her bed, Dr. Manson. It's Dr. Manson, Clara. Let me examine you a minute. That lung should have been tapped days ago. If it isn't done at once, she'll die. <laughs> help me, help me with this blanket, Mrs. Schmidt. Don't worry, she'll be all right. But we have to get her out of here. Whatever you say, Doctor. Keep her covered. I'll carry her. I see. What does this mean? Are you a doctor? Yes, yes, I'm a doctor. Where are you taking my patient? To the Stillman Clinic. She's my patient. I forbid such unethical behavior. Mrs. Schmidt. Was this man Clara's doctor? Yes. Are you satisfied with his work? No. Do you I... wish me to take the case? Oh, yes. Dr. Thorogood, get out of my way. Did you or did you not serve as the anesthetist? at an operation performed by an unlicensed individual in the so-called Stillman Clinic? Yes. I did that infamous thing to save a life. I took Clara Schmidt to Stillman. Whatever he is unregistered, he's an originator, a thinker. You stand here on charges before the Medical Council of the City of London, and you admit that you knew he was not a doctor? Louis Pasteur, the greatest figure in scientific medicine, was not a doctor, nor was Ehrlich, nor Hafkin who fought the plague in India better than any qualified man has ever done. Nor Metchnikoff, inferior only to Pasteur. Are we to take it that you place Richard Stillman beside such men? I do, Dr. Boone, I do. And I have more to say. Instead of going on trying to make out that everything's wrong outside the medical profession and everything's right within, it's high time we started putting our own house in order. There are a great many doctors practicing fairly, sir. But too many go in for useless money-chasing treatments unnecessary operations, and fee-splitting. Doctors have to live, but they have a responsibility to mankind, too, and they dodge it. Why should the poor be neglected? They have minds and hearts and souls. Their pains hurt as much as any stockbrokers. We say we'll alter things, but we don't. I know I've made plenty of mistakes, and I regret them, but I made no mistake with Richard Stillman. Look at my patient. If you want any justification of my infamous conduct... There it is. Andrew. Andrew, my dear. It's all right. Whatever they do, it won't matter. Andrew, here. Look. Whatever... What... The plans, the plans for the clinic. Mr. Stillman took me to his automobile manufacturer. Cranston? Yes, and he approved the plans. 
He'll put up all the money we can't furnish ourselves. And he likes the name. What name? I told him we'd like to call it the Philip Denny Memorial Clinic. Frederick March and Florence Elridge will be back in just a moment. As a postscript to these radio plays, it is customary to subject the star to a brief interview. In this case, where there are two stars, the interview becomes a triangle. Conventional theatrical situation? We've had joint interviews before. Joint interviews? <laughs> no reflection on the place. Well, it's rather pleasant to see a couple playing together. <laughs> it lends stability to a theatrical marriage. Don't forget the lunch. How could one possibly? Of course, I've seen you, Freddie, in many pictures, some of them MGM. And I've always been a fan of Miss Eldridge's. I hope you... Playing lots of plays together. We will, Howard, whenever we can find the proper vehicle. A great many of us particularly enjoyed what I believe was your most recent appearance together years ago. Thank you. That was a play by and about the actress Ruth Gordon. Well, perhaps in order to keep the two of you working together, you'll have to write a play for yourself. <laughs> uh, about ourselves? Well, you could choose a worse subject. Your lives seem to me to be most interesting, and your views have often coincided with mine. Very good views. <laughs> For this and your talents, I commend you both. Thank you, Howard. Thank you, Howard. And thank you, Frederick March and Florence Eldridge. The Citadel is presented by arrangement with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of the Technicolor picture, That Foresight Woman, starring Errol Flynn, Greer Garson, Walter Pigeon, and Robert Young. Ivor Francis was heard as Dr. Denny. Original music composed and conducted by Joel Heron. The program was directed by Marks B. Loeb and produced by Raymond Katz. Mm -hmm.